0: It is Monday, January 2nd, which means the Jersey Wall crew only has one thing to say to you, everybody, and that's Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wishing you much love, prosperity in this new year. I have Joe with me, but you know who else wishes you a Happy New Year? Joe? Who? Friends of the show who always, always, always want the best for everybody. Okay, you know who it is, show. It's our <laughs> friends over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. See, Happy New Year's isn't just extended from us. <laughs> All right, we, we The words just mean something. But when you're really offering something up to another person, that's when they know that you truly want them to have a great New Year. We at the Jerseyville want you to have a great New Year by assembling your very own jersey wall collection and joe when you go to elmont bro tell me Nathan, start doing exactly that oh wow now get this tell Hit me this we have a yearly offer that is doubled down in january and that's the promo code tjw10 you know what the promo code tjw10 at checkout does for you joe over at elmont does it give you 10 percent off nathan gives you 10% on your entire order. Imagine starting your year with money in your pocket and a brand new Jersey Well collection. Come on, man. It doesn't get better than that. You got to go over to Elmont youthsocker.com right now. The link is in our description and then to the promo code TJW 10 at checkout. You're going to support the show. You're going to build your very own Jersey Well collection. And most importantly, you're going to save some of that money, that hard earned cash, start off your new year's right now today. On a very special episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast, we are going to discuss the top transfers to keep an eye on in the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoy. Joe, Happy New Year, buddy.
1: Bro, Happy New Year. How was your New Year's? What did you do?
0: Yo, You know, it's just a little... I think at this part in our lives... You got to be doing house parties for New Year's. Like, and it doesn't have to be like barn burners. You're But if you're you're paying money to go out on New Year's, if you want to go spend $34 on a cup of liquor, you know, like at midnight, because it's going to be, everything's going to be three, four times more expensive on that day. And that day alone, you create, you're you're 19, bro. Like, that's what it is. Tell me you're 19 without telling me you're 19. You go out on New Year's. That's a you just started
1: drinking, basically. They're just (laughs) saying, bro, uh, I was talking to an Uber driver yesterday. Yeah. And he's like, bro, he was asking people, Are you sure you want to take this Uber? Are you sure? <laughs> For a like 10-minute drive, he was charging right. people $60 in Toronto. It's crazy, man. It's not, it's not it. That's it's not a it. good
0: day to be an Uber driver, bro. And
1: not only that, they closed all the exits in the Gardener, too. It was a mess.
0: Oh, stop. Nah, it's man. Not crazy. for me, dude. Yeah, bro, so I if you're don't... not doing house parties, you're doing it wrong. So what you're I did wrong, had, bro. Yeah. was that Leah's had a couple of uh, family friends over, you know, what we did actually every year they do uh drink competition. So you can either make cocktails and pour them in total shot glasses or make custom shots, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So they have a few... People do this. There's seven entrants, and myself, an avid TJW listener. Shout out Hassan, who listens to the show. Shout out Hassan. He and I were the judges for this competition, right? (laughs) So he he had to factor in taste because you know I don't drink great. So he and then the rest of the categories was like originality, creativity, technique, flair, all these different things, but like, we, did, we, we did it so serious. It was a four point scale plus discretionary bonus points. Discretionary bonus. <laughs> and buddy, like we took this so seriously. It was actually so much fun to do. And everybody had a pretty good time. You know, like we watched uh, Pitch Perfect as we typically do right until like 1150. So the last thing that I did in 2022 was watch Pitch Perfect. But the most prolific thing to end off the year, Joe, you know what it was? Tell me. The TJW Bites it, yeah. officially
1: hit 5 million views. Bro, that's crazy. You know, and w- the hardest part was crossing the 1 million mark. And then it just 100%. didn't stop, bro. Just didn't stop, no. bro. You 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 beat the algorithm. You beat the matrix, like uh what says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, bro, I
0: escaped. I am Neil. I've escaped Neil. the <laughs> matrix. I'm just out here bro. freaking revolutionizing tech. I know. It's crazy, <laughs> revolutionizing man. Revolutionizing
1: because... tech. That's so funny. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> because, bro, like in September we had one million. Okay. Yeah. And then I did, uh, and. Shout out to the work I did with the 90th minute because I was so great to work on a platform with the team that they had. It was great. And we did like two and a half million views, my 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 content did, on their channels. Mm-hmm. But that was a pause in TJW Bytes. Mm-hmm. So to negate the algorithm, I almost had to like just post my backup content on my actual channel so that I wasn't just, you know, didn't go cold. You're right. And I came back hard after the World Cup. So you got to figure, like going into the World Cup, I probably had like three... Uh, 3.2 3.3 somewhere in that 3.3 mil range and now we hit 5 mil in basically like the the 10 days after so we hit you know, another million in a week, basically. That's amazing, like that's, bro! Mad stats here. That's you know mad like, stats,
1: bro. I know, I know, I know. It's it's stat padding here. You, this you're, is literally, <laughs> you're you're Russell Westbrook of the of the yeah. TikTok, yeah, <laughs> TikTok, yeah, of yeah, TikTok, exactly. yeah, bro. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. It's exciting. Hopefully, we have another amazing year this year because I think last year, honestly, twenty twenty two for the Jersey Wall podcast was amazing. So let's yeah. let's keep up the momentum and thank yeah. you to I mean, all been our doing this for a long bro. time. Bro. I know, yeah. bro. I, it had to come, right? Come, like fuck, and that's a come. we've
0: been doing this. And if you're new to the show, welcome. As okay. always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nate. And with me, I actually have a guest today, the OG, OG. TJW co-host. Nina can't be with us today. But Joe's back. And Joe, it's always such a pleasure to have you on, man. Because Royce, we have these reminiscing discussions and it makes my heart happy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy when you're here, bro. Yeah, bro.
1: I got if you. Look you. at
0: the evolution of TJW before we get into the January transfer stuff. Hmm. When we started this, it was like you know, six years ago basically. Yeah. All right. And it started with just like, just audio on YouTube. And then it went to video, and then we adjusted the show a bunch of times. And then TJW kind of like started to slip in fourth year uni. And then we came back hard during COVID. 2021 was probably our best year for expansive ideas. 2022 was by far our best year for numbers. And now implementation, 2023, bro. bro.
1: I know, I know, this bro. Is what the, it is, man. Now we have to write on this, you know, constant content, oh, yeah. put it out it's there. Coming. TJW, you know, Champions League didn't even end yet, so we got more content coming. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is cute.
0: just for this season. We're just like on this 18-month roll. Bro, We are basically Korean Vetsmo. We're the like regenerated for one season.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're right. Anyway, bro. let's get it. That's basically a TJW production meeting. Welcome to behind the scenes of TJW, everybody. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. A bit
1: yeah for um,
0: sure listen when january rolls around there's only one thing to talk about 100%. Right? i right i'm i'm less interested in the games that happen in january because the implication isn't as high because the table will vary across 38 weeks we know that yeah. right we're going to talk about teams in form when there's weeks to do that we can talk about what happened over the christmas break and on boxing day and you know the last couple of games fine mm. but for me the stories are what carry tjw the stories are what we got to talk about because bro the january transfer window has officially opened mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. which means players are going to be on the moves and I freaking love transfer season. So do I now January tends to be more of a stopgap window than a rebuild window. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's basically like, if you are struggling with something, you really need a striker, you need a center back, whatever it is you Mm -hmm. go, you address the problem, you, you handle your business quickly, effectively, and then you really try to last out the season so you can start fresh in the summer. However, There's also something to be said about clubs who are trying to, you know, progress themselves a little bit and try to, you know, implement strategies to double down on what they're doing, if they're doing something really well. They're like, no, we're not going to take the risk that this will get us 38 weeks. We're going to, try to see how we can be proactive with our transfer strategy and make Mm -hmm. things happen early on. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that strategy a lot. So So we have to start with our done deals, bro, because the fact that the window just opened and there's already players who are like confirmed to their new teams. it was in December. Mm -hmm. To me seems like cheating a little bit. (laughs) But The
1: game's the game, bro. (laughs) The game is the game. That's exactly it, right. You got to respect the game. Yeah. 100% bro. 100%.
0: (laughs) I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't start with asking you personally as a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Benoit Badiachil was the first official confirmed transfer to be joining in January, right? So I know Chelsea, and we're going to talk about a, the signings that Chelsea have been making low key throughout not even transfer windows. I know, but Technically, I know. they don't arrive yet. Yeah. Right? Which is why I want to talk about Bediachille, because Shil will be leaving Monaco. The 21-year-old French mm-hmm. center back will be joining, left-footed, by the way, tall, strong, athletic, composed, brilliant. I've been talking, you guys know, yeah. i talked about Benoit Shil on this podcast since he was 19 years old, going to Atletico Madrid in our first rebuild, mm. like, two years ago, That's basically. Hard, yeah. Yeah. Right. I've been a big fan of Shil for a long time, mm. and I'm glad that he's finally getting his own, right. He's, he's getting his respect now. Now he's going to be moving to Chelsea. And I think that will give him the exposure. I think that'll give him solidity is probably the wrong word. Cause Chelsea are always kind of in mm-hmm. not just shambles, but it's, it never seems composed at Chelsea. Never, never,
1: never. It's only I for think one. This season. is one.
0: Yeah. I, no. I think this is one that will largely help with the composure element to know, okay, we don't need a new center back here for a long time. This yeah. dude will be good enough in this position for years to come. Dude, he signed a contract until 2029, that's a six-year deal because it's 2023 technically. Yeah. But doesn't 2029 20, feel like it's 10 years from now? Yeah,
1: literally. Like, hey, buddy, come know, on, man. That's a
0: long-term contract. So what do you think about this signing, Joe? Uh,
1: I'm excited. You know, um, I can't tell you I'm an expert. Although I did watch uh, one expert. game and it was with you. <laughs> yeah, you're the expert on this. Uh, PSG Monaco. And that mm-hmm. game was amazing. You remember that? I think sometime yeah. in the summer. But it was amazing. It was really nice. And he was playing and he was just pretty good. But, you know, uh, just to bring it out, like the age 21 – you know, that means to me getting another center back only means one thing. I think Tiago Silva is done, you know, like that's the only yeah. reason why. And he, it, it hasn't been public yet. But like after the World Cup and everything, I think it's like, you know, he's like, forget it. Like I, I did it all like I can't do anymore. You know, I won the Champions League with Chelsea. And I, I really hope for Tiago Silva's sake, he not only maybe if he doesn't stay an extra season, but becomes part of the coaching staff because he immediately yeah. slots in. Okay, Uh, anyone would take Tiago Silva as a defensive coach. Right. So, I mean, it's stupid not to. I know, bro. So it's it's following up the vision of Boli trying to make a very young team. He even mentioned that he wants it to be similar to Arsenal and Arteta's system of under Mm. like under 23, like having the youngest squad and stuff like that. I understand that. I definitely understand that. But you do, do need some experience and Arsenal are on a tear right now, which is, you know, good for not screw them but like
0: we're gonna talk about them (laughs) we'll talk about about them yeah we have room for them
1: yeah but um overall another center back to be honest because i it's hard for me like i don't i don't know what to i don't know how we're setting up i mean recently Mm. we've been setting up with four in the back which is good um gives us a lot more time in midfield and stuff but like we saw yesterday in nottingham forest chelsea's kind of like in a shambles right now not in a shambles but they're really trying to find themselves right you know we have they
0: they don't have a strong identity right we don't
1: have an identity at all we have new players coming in we have an old guard and we also have a very old guard you know who've been here for a while now so Mm -hmm. like it's the system's different. Like uh yeah. everyone's used to playing different ways, and I think we need to offload some players. It, it's a whole thing. But I'm excited. Yeah. Your
0: squad is gigantic it's right huge, now. It's huge, man. It's huge. Like and the it, thing and is and your academy is fall. so good. I know like, it is. Your academy is so good, but it you're is. also buying prospects, and then you have established yeah. prime players and old players. You have yeah. like basically four teams yeah. right now. Literally. In your first team. Yeah. Like it's it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. And
1: um, you know, uh, Instead of it becoming a positive, it's to our detriment. You know, like we have half of the Premier League starters are Chelsea loanies or something like it's mm-hmm. just crazy you know Levi will plays for uh Brighton or whoever like, it's just too much right and yeah. um
0: and then some of the strategies have been poor like Connor Gallagher was great at at, at, uh, at uh, Palace. Palace yeah and then you brought him back and it's like dude he's not gonna play he's not Chelsea Calibre like let's like yeah, let him sell let him, him right like let him move on either
1: sell him or loan him out again because like he played yesterday and to yeah. be honest like he had one or two good passes but Connor Gallagher can't play like in a more defensive role because he lost the ball like so many Mm -hmm. times so i mean it's a whole thing and chelsea's identity still needs to be built under potter and for potter this is a new thing completely new thing i don't think he's used to having that type of caliber players and i don't think todd bowley understands that just quite yet but listen man we changed everything this is all a learning process i'm telling the most like um I'm telling the most impatient fans, impatient fans mm. to be patient. So it's like really difficult. Like Chelsea fans yeah. are impatient, right? Um, but I, all yeah, I can it's been do... been instilled right,
0: in them for, you know, for 20 years. 20 basically. years,
1: you know, like we're doing shit next year. We'll win the Champions League, you know, stupid mm-hmm. stuff like that. But not stupid, but like there's no stability. And I think this yes. is the real time to see if we can get stability. We saw what happened to Arsenal, except Arsenal didn't have an owner that backed them. You know, mm. to be fair to Todd Bowley, he's coming out. He's like, bro, a splash. Like, I'm literally yeah. here to go all in, and which is nice to see. It's just I want a bit more structure with it, and I want yeah. Potter to have a say as well. And I, I just... I'm not here for the big price tags. I'm more of what fits the system at this moment, because mm-hmm. if he's a young, if you get a young guy, just like the 21 year old for 30, 40 million, however much we got him that I like that. I like, I like transfers like this. Bro, because
0: Badia-Shil For 38 million is a fantastic signing. You see? like everything about that. And the thing is that the Chelsea of it all yeah. will start to, you know, poke because then you still have the Josco Vardials of the world. And you're like, well, are Chelsea out of the race now? Mm-hmm. Because in theory, yeah. You just signed Badia shit. Like, there's no reason for you to go sign Bardi now. yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea did. And then I'm like, well, why? Why? Like, this is way too much here. You have to slow... Because then it disrupts the tempo of the squad and the cohesion where Graham Potter, who, to be fair, is excellent at elevating the level of his Mm. players. Very good at that. But used to doing it in a much much smaller squad setting it's like if you give me you know the starting 11 and like maybe two three other players so i can work with they will be the ones to progress and then i will sell them on and then but it's always like bring one in Mm. and one moves on now it's like if chelsea are meant to be the destination players have to hit the the peak of their powers all under you right now so like i get the vision of the long-term plan for the club correct i think that should be with Grand Potter at the helm, to be honest, I think he's going to be great to elevate a lot of these players Mm -hmm. to that level, just like Arteta did over the last five years. And the tactics will change as the personnel becomes more stable and Chelsea just kind of chill a little. You got it. But like, this is a great, just to like stand alone what this signing is. Mm -hmm. Benoit badier as a 21-year-old, freaking four-year senior four years of senior first team experience by the way you know like great player learned from one of the best in the business you know over at Monaco I guess the thing is with Monaco is that they were left exposed at times. So the way that he has had to evolve his game as a like teenage centre back now coming into his own as a twenty one year old and going forward now in the Premier League, because physicality wise he can handle it. It's just you know getting used to different systems. And we've yeah. seen this before with let's say like Sven Botman because this was a, a huge comparison in the garden for a while. Who's better between the two? I had this debate. I, I backed Bediashin for a long time until Botman proved me otherwise because Botman's a freaking, just a wall. But yeah. Botman was playing with Lille in a system that was very defensive. He so he it. didn't have to he didn't have to be like expansive or, or try different things. Yeah. Whereas Badia was left way more exposed. So his actual defending had to be better, yeah. right? He had to be a better tackler, a better ball recoverer. I think that he's learned a lot of that. And the fact that a player like this, to be honest, you could easily see a French centre-back of this quality going for 60 mil. Yeah. So the fact that you got him for 38. Now, Chelsea have spent stupid amounts of money stupid, and Chelsea yeah. we're not even going to talk like we're not even done talking about Chelsea we're going to mm. move down the list we're going to come back to Chelsea after yeah Chelsea are just spending exorbitant amounts of money yeah which I think won't help the team overall when all the players are like okay what's my role like who's playing here there's 40 guys in our training sessions mm-hmm. <laughs> it's way too much I know
1: I know it's a lot it's a lot and, uh, and then I feel like we're doing the same mistakes as the Roman uh Bramovich era where mm. we did just splash money I mean look I get it you have money to spend but you know I think we just need a little bit more thought in spending you know Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why like they haven't seen this Lukaku deal just like absolutely destroy the club literally Like, uh, a at what, it, what, it and at then t-
0: he came out again to say, like, it yeah, t- we gotta yeah, find the best because I want to stay at it. An he's answer. a terrible, he's, like, he's a
1: terrible footballer. He's never like won <laughs> one league and like he talks like he's fucking Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Anyway, fat boy Lukaku yeah. can suck a dick. Uh, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, excuse my French,
0: but we're starting this 2023 with the same old TJ. I know, stuff, bro. I know, bro. we bro. are not getting away, we're not cleaning it I'm up.
1: So resentful <laughs> against this guy because like he really like destroyed, like oh man the ship sank man the ship sank when he was playing for us but either way um it, it's a lot like we're, we'll talk about it further with, with yeah. other rumors I know we do we'll have yeah, some Yeah, we're gonna
0: talk about a lot of stuff but, so let's let's uh, move let's, on move, to, on to let's nice. move on to yeah. another one yeah uh I want to do another done deal because this is another name who I've spoken at length about. in fact Yumi and Mina last week talked a lot about this dude mm. and that's Cody gagpo mm. and our whole idea was Cody Gagbo, how does he improve United when he goes to United when he does this <laughs> to United? Yeah, and then he just low key signs for Liverpool, and you're like, yeah. "Hey man,
1: what the hell?" And you know what? To be honest, Nathan, we talked about this in the group chat, but I bring the group chat to TJW, of course. Yeah, but
0: bring, bring don't 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 bring up the vulgarness of the TJW group oh, chat. Oh, absolutely not. That's illegal. Here. The PG
1: stuff. Yeah. Well, the PG stuff is is that United really did fail once again in another transfer target, you know, they mm-hmm. thought this was going to be a two year old deal or deal like Jaden Sancho or something. Yep. Like you can just drag it on. God was like, bro, like I, I give up, you know, like I'll go to Liverpool yeah. and Liverpool could potentially still come back and they have club and an entertaining style of play. So I understand why he went there, but also uh, we talked about, I think we talked about it in the podcast before just United aren't like they just don't don't they're not fast enough that that's yeah. basically it right so they're
0: not clinical enough no, like bro not they're at just, all. they just they dick around with their transfers it's for too so much long man it's too much people people start to pay attention to the players and yeah. then they'll close distance much faster than united will yeah. who just publicly do their business like bro this came out of nowhere and, and liverpool that we're not even linked with linked them. there's not with one him. rumor they that said with oh, him in God, like put two liverpool. days
1: bro and they got him
0: Literally, dude, it was just like, I, I, bro, we sent the first post that Fabrizio Romano said versus the here we go in a span of one hour. One hour. In my group chat. It was like unbelievable. from the time news broke to the time it was done, It one hour had passed. And you're like, that's the way to do business. Yeah. Right? Because Cody Gagpo is not a player that you should just be, you know, messing around with yeah. transfer wise. It's <laughs> like, dude, in terms of output, which is prolific, yeah. by the way. It's what you want to see from a young prospect. It's not the potential <laughs> to have great yeah. output, which many players have, but it's actually current, putting up those numbers output. right now. Buddy had 14 games played in the Dutch league just to kick off this season. Don't don't get me started on the back end of last season, right? We yeah. know he the form yeah, he, was he in, went crazy. Like yeah. vintage TJW listeners will know, because I've been talking about this dude for a long ass freaking time. Mm-hmm. Just to kick off this season, nine goals and 12 assists in 14 games played what
1: you know what what else Nathan sorry to cut you off on top of the stats bro the price tag what is that yeah
0: bro, honestly you, like, yo that's I was, that. I was getting to that I was getting to that yeah this dude also put up by the way three goals and two assists in five Europa League games and then three goals at the World Cup where he kind of really blew himself up yeah I can't believe that if nothing else for like if you want to say okay this like that's a steal for Cody Gagpo before the World Cup. I would have said, yeah, 37. Are you crazy, bro? I would have thought this dude would have been like like benchmark, benchmark 60 because he has the output. It's not just the potential, but he actually Mm. is putting up those numbers. But then the World Cup of it all, too. This dude would turn into a star at the World Cup. He did. Players who turn into superstars at the World Cup do not have their price tag lowered. So, I think PSV. I I don't know what kind of shady business is going on here. I don't know if there's like a lot of add ons that will basically double this price tag. I would imagine it has to be. be, There's no way, there's no way Liverpool will end up paying just, and I do say just. 37 million for that's nothing what? man come on that's man It's
1: that's a joke you know and and on top of that like how long have you united have been talking to this guy since the summer you know and just mm-hmm. like you saw like from the first goal that went in in the world cup i would have been like come on let's like let's be the get first one there like let's get it done let alone summer time when you know you had ronaldo and stuff like that i understand but like blackboard like I don't know. I I just find it kind of, uh, I I know Mina agrees with us 100%. Mina knows like the situation in the club isn't good. Like uh, no matter what, like manager comes in, clearly new owners need to come in because that is terrible business. You know, very slow for a club like Manchester United to just like sleep on it, basically. Are you serious? You know what the market we're in? We'll get the, further on Chelsea's aggressive tactics as well, yeah. which is classic Chelsea. But like, it's just Cody Gakpo is a fantastic player. And you know what? Thanks yeah. a lot, United. Because now you, Liverpool like literally got a bargain on that one because he's going start. Mention, he can start.
0: Stylistically, he fits Liverpool much better, yeah. I think, than, than he did United. Because I think United, we talked about this. Remember last week, bro? Literally last week, mm. I was like, okay, United get Cody Gakpo. What happens? Mm. what's going to be different? Like, what's the strategy? I feel like they don't have a strategy. And to be fair, when we get to the... The, the latter parts of this episode when we're not talking about deals that are already done but just potential who needs them we're going to talk about United and, and what they need but that's based on our perception of how they're going to play whereas I feel like United largely still don't know that because they're like oh he's good let's get him but it's like but so what if you so get him what, yeah. what are you going to do with it Liverpool know exactly what they're going to do with Cody exactly. Gakpo Liverpool are going to go cool Cody Gakpo can play wide he can play but not preferably right yeah. he's a very direct player but he needs the ball so he can play the 10 in a in a link up play style like he's hmm. phenomenal at everything right he's he's the focal point of attack so if you want to play him as a false nine done if you want to play him off the left done, done. that's his primary yeah. position for PSV. he just needs the ball and he makes things happen and he's fast and he's tall and he's direct he, he, and he, can he shoot really and he's he really put yeah, it bro it's screwed up the a league Damn good player yeah that liverpool went and got and liverpool do largely good business with Correct. a few over payments, but I mean, a few dollar cost average this to be fair. Darwin Nunez for what, 85? Yeah. And then Cody Gakko for 37? Yeah. Right? If you just balance this out and you got both for 50, all of a sudden now, that looks like really good, good business. business. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because now you're not... So I, I think just over... And I don't like praising Liverpool at, at all. In fact, I hate Liverpool. I think they're <laughs> stupid and I want them to disband <laughs> all together. But damn, that's actually really good yeah, business. they're doing this. pretty decent. Right?
1: I mean, overall, like, uh, you know what? It's... It's Gakpo going to a more um structured system. Th- th- mm-hmm. it- and it's no fault of United. You know, they're still trying to find themselves as well. Chelsea's yeah. there right now, right? But it just like, you know, business needs to be a little bit faster. That's all.
0: Yeah. Uh let's do one more. I'm gonna call this a done deal, mm. even though we haven't officially seen the Here We Go, okay. just because it really feels like a done deal already at this point. Okay. And the window only just opened. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put my investment into this and say, this is a done deal. This is going to happen. Mm. And that's Mikhailo Mudrik going to Arsenal. Mm. Now, Mudrik is 21 years old from Shakhtar. I'm sure you've seen these rumors yes, by yes, now. Yes,
1: yes, Begging to
0: leave. The reason I'm so sure this is going to happen is that this dude is literally posting on his Instagram stuff about Arsenal. <laughs> He's posting, watching the games. Can't wait to join you guys. Like It seems like it's, it's pretty well done. Yeah. It's really Arsenal's to lose now. Because I th- I don't think there's a race for Mudrik. I think sure. Arsenal have pretty much done everything they need to. They just have to agree the fee. So as long as they don't do some stupid business where they just try to like undercut Shakhtar, I think that they will get this deal done. But there is something to be said about a, a lot of what this deal is. Because let's be real. If you're an Arsenal fan right now, you are on top of the world. Mm. I-, I know you won't. So I will. Mm. I will praise Arsenal a little bit here because I- it's getting a little bit uncomfortable for me how good Arsenal are because over the last few years we've seen them have to adjust tactics based on not just opposition but like their own you know shortcomings right it's like they didn't have the players to play the way they wanted to so they had to play different ways this season you just see them playing with the ball when they have their their ideal 11 out and they can do pretty much whatever they want like if they're going to be very technical in their build-up play they're playing very city-esque they're playing with inverted fullbacks they're playing with wide areas going even wider they're playing with midfielders pushing into into high roles Odegaard's been sensational Martinelli and Saga have been phenomenal like it's just overall despite the fact that those are their best players by far yeah and then you look at the rest of their team you're like okay well Saliba's probably on that level too but the rest of them like why why are you guys like this good you're, you're you're overachieving so far so adding players of the caliber of Madrid who we're going to talk about in a second is very important but just the way that Arsenal will do things like I noticed this from watching the Brighton game the other day they'll hold a pretty high line right and then just to squeeze the pitch but then when they turn over possession they all step up and push even if they're already at the halfway line they still push and the reason they do that is because even if Brighton were to get the ball they will have no avenue to do anything with it. They cannot progress forward because there is literally zero space now. They can't switch the play because by the time it gets there, Arsenal will have recovered. They can drop back. The only thing for Brighton to do in that moment is pass the ball backwards or laterally, in which case Arsenal then have time to reset and then come back and, and embrace to just be defending yeah. but it's just like tactically that's phenomenal from arteta because a lot of teams scramble mm-hmm. they won't all push up in the same way they'll just be you know if one player doesn't do it then you have massive gaps and then that one pass in the end the game's done here so i'm i'm very impressed by what they've been able to do and so this leads us to Mudrik, who is dubbed the new the ukrainian neymar right who's blisteringly fast He's got seven goals and seven assists in 12 games in the Ukrainian league, which you might go, okay, well, what does that actually mean? Like, who cares? In six Champions League games, he's put up five goal involvements, three goals and two assists. That's very good. He can play. He can play. Yeah, And I think that if you are Arsenal right now, you are stuck in a bit of a tough spot because you want to get this player, but you can't go spending 80 mil Mm -hmm. because you don't want to just you know be silly with your transfer business you have to realize this is january we're trying to be proactive with our transfers yes we don't desperately need this player but should something happen to one of our wingers we are really going to suffer if we don't have a strong backup to come up right away so it's like well are you going to spend 80 mil on a player who doesn't start because you want to add them to the rotation Mm. or are you going to spend 80 mil on a starter and then bench Martinelli likely and I'm mm-hmm. like well damn like that's a that's a tough thing so what, what would you like what do you think of that whole thing especially for <laughs> Arsenal because it's not like this is Chelsea or City where oh. they can spend massive amounts on a player 100%. and then them in the rotation for yeah. Arsenal it seems like if you're spending that kind of money you're bringing them in
1: uh so this is Arsenal's transition uh to a, yeah. a bigger club than their meme beam status because this is what it allows now. Then their meme status. <laughs> yeah. Then what it allows now is that it gives them the opportunity to add competition into the squad. Meaning mm. Martinelli and uh what's his name again? You Udric? I can't remember yeah. Are gonna Mudrick. compete.
0: M-U-D-R-Y-K. Oh
1: Mudric, Mudric, Mudric.
0: Okay. Mudric.
1: I start remembering his name when he scores goals, but at, yeah. at the prep, which he will, by the way. Um,
0: I think he will too. Uh, yeah, but he's very, and we can talk about like the yeah. the flaws in his game. We'll get to that a little bit after, uh, but yeah. I just I want to let you go but through. For it. now,
1: yeah. for now, like it, it adds competition to that position. Uh, only it it can either go one way, it, it, two ways. One of them becomes amazing, and the other like falls off completely, or mm. both of them keep fighting to elevate their game for that one position that you don't even know which one to pick, which Chelsea, we've had a lot of positions like that. Chelsea, and I'm hoping that the same effect happens with Chilwell and Cucurella once Chilwell's back from uh, from injury. But I think good.
0: Chilwell's going to bench Cucurella into next into year,
1: next 300 years. Chilwell is by far better, but either he's way, he's so good. He's such so a good. different style player. I know. That's a de- I know, that's a discussion for another day. Another day, but um, but this adds more depth to Arsenal. And uh, yeah. key key positions with Martin. The wing positions are the most key positions, I think. Because Saka tears up this league, bro. Saka respects to that guy. Yeah. You're you're tearing up the league, bro. And, and you know yes. what? I think like we can argue what key positions are key and everything like that. But just adding more depth, which we said in the last episode, that Arsenal, if they're one or two pieces, if one of them get hurt, especially in the midfield, they'd be yeah. like done. But right now, as we're watching them, I don't know. I think the system is so good. The, like, Arteta's system is so good right now that it's, like, allowing whoever slots in there to do the job. Because I even think Mohamed al can do great enough in, in the way they're playing. And don't, don't mm-hmm. mention, you know, the center backs with Saliba. Saliba's a rock, man. I just yeah. found out he was Lebanese. Did you know that? That's your boy. Bro, no way. He's one of your own. No way. Not my own, bro. I saw I saw a video of him touching Willy's bro. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of crazy. But kinda, I, I know yeah. I know. But he's I a forgot fantastic that player. To be fair. Yeah, I know yeah, I know. He
0: had to be iced out of the limelight for a long time to forget that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: but he had to fully recover fully from that.
1: Recover? Yeah. Well, he recovered pretty well. He's uh he's maybe top five center backs in this Premier League right now. So if not top he's three. He's very very good. He yeah. did make
0: a big mistake against Brighton though. But I mean, you're going to make mistakes. Come on, man. Right? Brighton like, is things a... will happen. Yeah. Things will happen, and and you just have to understand that. That's that's part of the game, right? Like nobody's, nobody's going to be perfect. There are still gaps in Arsenal's system that are <clears> limited <throat> by the caliber of player but even still you look at City who have much better caliber of players yeah. and City can make the same mistakes right so it's just mistakes happen because it'd be disrespectful to opposition to say it's impossible for anybody else to even get exactly. anything off we
1: always him. say this Nathan like right. it's it's you have to learn the game you know and Saliba's age he's such a young player too like you you're going to you're going you're gonna to learn from these moments as well but uh, back to Mudryk like i think Mudric. it's a Mudric, Whatever the fuck. I mean, yeah, good way. You know, Mr. Shakhtar, he's good. Yeah. yeah we'll see how we he performs. My
0: my concern with him is that with the way that Arsenal are playing, the way that Arsenal scored, I think it was their fourth goal this weekend. It was with their fourth goal, four right? That's how it ended. Yeah. yeah. With, with Martinelli and Saka just basically sitting on the half point, like on the halfway point, while all of Brighton were pushed up and yeah. just they were alone. They Fair. didn't pin back Brighton's fullbacks because the fullbacks committed. Correct. So they had, you have two of the fastest players in the league making 40 yard dashes against your center back. And Odegaard played this ball literally to perfection. I'm becoming a big fan of Martin Odegaard. It's actually a problem. That's bad. Because yeah. I don't like how much that I like me him. Me too. Me too. He's very, very good. And so there's the way that this goal is scored, that just the way that happened, that will fit Mudrick perfectly. But Mudrick is very like, decision-making explosive he's a bit of a game-breaking maverick in that capacity mm-hmm. but i don't know if but he's very raw and i don't know if he's going to be the player who can walk into arsenal system right away it seems more like they will be paying this fee whatever it ends up being but it will be expensive because Shakhtar. no they're like buddy you want him we're willing to sell right because he wants to go but if anthony is worth this and if darwin nunez is worth this And Jack Grealish is worth this. Like, damn, bro, don't let the fact that this dude's Ukrainian hamper his transfer value. He's Mm. a very, very good player. So they're going to need, I would say they're not taking less than 60. I would say that Arsenal will probably have to pay at least that plus some bonuses Mm. to get him in, at which point he will not start. He will be a player who is very good in transition, but will not start. And maybe for the future, he'll be a great player. But that's it's interesting to me to see that Arsenal are there in their you know in, in their end game which would i i guess be winning the Premier league and, and being like consistent not just top four contenders but you know winners of the league right. which is very very difficult to be by the I way know. like it's yeah. going to require so much investment and so much squad like content and everybody understanding their role but understanding if you're coming in to be part of the rotation is not to be uh, not to be a bad player like jack grealish at city plays pretty frequently but he's not a starter no, he's not. Like you wouldn't say he's a starter, but he no, plays a lot. But he does play you know a lot. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you're like, well, the hundred million transfer fees a preposterous amount of money for somebody to do that role. But then you go, yeah, but is it? Because mm. you know, like that's just like it. Like fees are almost obsolete now. I know. Right? Like I know. People are going to pay thing. anything. Yeah. You know, to get to get what they need. Anyway, I want to move on from these done deals because we still have so many transfers to actually look out for. Mm. And we've gone on so long talking about these done deals because, Joe, <laughs> it's just so good to talk. It's to So, to so bro.
1: good to, uh, to talk to you too, bro. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Let's go through it. We're going to move on to the next section, which I'm calling World Cup Gems. Okay, These are players that they've been very good for a long time, largely. But the exposure of the World Cup put them into another stratosphere. And now in January in particular, people want to capitalize on that momentum while it's fresh in their mind. not just them, the clubs too. The clubs know that they will probably get top dollar if they're looking to sell these players. And I think the top name on the list, and normally I would build up to number one, but I think it's just, there's no point evading it. Enzo Fernandez is clearly the most sought-ass player coming out of this World Cup. Because 21 years old from Benfica, Benfica signed him for like 10 mil, by the way. What
1: a fucking bargain.
0: Because Benfica just, no, and and I've (laughs) talked about Enzo Fernandez so much, and I got Um. to see him play live. I got to see him score live on a volley, actually. At, uh, at you know at Benfica at the Stade de Luz. So that was pretty cool. But this dude, all heart, all brain, all energy. That combination doesn't exist. It simply doesn't exist. And if you were following the ninetieth minutes content and my stuff on Kickback, you will know. That I was talking about Enzo Fernandez starting from the very very first game, and he didn't start in the first game. Literally, and I thought that's ridiculous. Like, there's no reason. The only reason he wouldn't be starting today is if you don't know what he actually brings to the table. Correct. And I think as soon as they saw what he brought to the table in that team, he never left again. He did. I knew that he was what he was going to bring because, like I said, the you can have. It's almost like sometimes you can have like there. You can have two out of these next three features. You can have, you know, the the lungs. You can have the heart. You can have the brains. But what are you going to have of those two? Are you going to be smart and energetic? Are you going to be uh, energetic and full of hearts but not smart? Or are you going to be smart and with heart but you have no energy, right? Like there's there's iterations of this combination. Mm. It's so hard to get the middle of all this. Enzo Fernandez is the middle of this. He's a deep-lying playmaker who runs 14 kilometers a game. But he never stops moving. And when he has the... He can win you the game by himself in midfield because he doesn't lose midfield battles, right? Like, it's just such a phenomenal skill to have. And every team would benefit from this, by the way. But the most keen on this, because remember, if you're Benfica, you have all the leverage right now. They say, yeah, that's fine. His release clause is $120 Yeah. Are you going to pay his release clause? And I don't think he's going to get cheaper, by the way, in the no. summer. So it's really just, are you prepared to spend $100 Mind you, maybe, maybe. Maybe he'll be $100 million is, in the summer. He is, yeah. Maybe he'd be $100 million, but he's not yeah. going to be much cheaper in the summer. Yeah. So it's basically, would you rather spend a little bit more more money now to improve now. your squad today?
1: Yeah.
0: Or wait to the summer and put him into, into, a, into a new project? It depends who you are. The most, like, uh, the heaviest rumor here is Chelsea. Of course. Right. Chelsea, are, and I want to let you speak to this because I think that Enzo Fernandez, I, to be honest, and you know, like we're going to talk about many, many teams that could use him because every team could use him. I would say that this dude, if Man City were to lose Bernardo Silva to uh, Barcelona in the summer, which looks not just possible, but almost likely at this point, this is the style player who I'd want to replace him. I would want somebody who comes in who commands games who can take over who can run relentlessly like bernardo does who can start plays like bernardo does who has a passing range right he's not necessarily the same dribbler but he can run and he has hearts and he has intelligence and bernardo has all those too but bernardo's better because bernardo's on a you know just yeah the yeah best he's different player in the world right like you know i think bernardo Silva <laughs> is the best player on planet earth but what do you think of this at chelsea and then i'm going to propose another team that i think uh, should go get him
1: with uh, money having someone like Enzo Fernandes is always a plus, right? No matter what team you're in, but for Chelsea, I would love it. You know, he brings in that style, smarter play, uh, crisp passing, uh, something I believe Kovacic doesn't provide as much. And I love Kovacic because he's a workhorse. But when Croatians play for the Croatian national team, it's a different thing. When they come back to Chelsea... They're okay, they're good, but they're come with moments, and that's the thing what I see with Kovacic. And I'm honestly I'm kind of pissed, you know. Like you were tearing up uh with Croatia, you were going crazy. Back to Chelsea, obviously, loyalties aren't there as much, but uh either way, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. But um, on top of that, like I, I just think he adds something that Kovacic doesn't have, and I think the passing range is better. With Enzo, but I both like them because he has a very similar type as that energetic workhorse. We need that at Chelsea, okay? Golo Conte was that, Kovacic was that. Those two at the midfield pivot last year when they were healthy, amazing. We remember it. We're like, bro, are these guys gonna win the league? You know, blah blah. Injuries came in to the whole squad. The whole squad got just injury. They broke it, basically. We got Liverpool and then um it was <laughs> it was really bad. Um uh, but having someone like Enzo Fernandez, bro, he tore up the World Cup, man. You know, best yep. young player of the tournament. This guy is 100 million. What I think of the price tag, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I hate it. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I hate it because what comes with that price tag is lots of pressure, lots and lots of pressure. But putting a pressure on a 21 year old, it's still kind of crazy to me, you know? Like people didn't develop playing properly until like 25, 26. But now, if you're 100 million at 20, buddy, you better hit it. Hit the ground running right now. And it's unfair. It's unfair. But I'm just the only thing I'm worried. Let's say we do sign, Nathan. Let's say we do sign him to Chelsea today. 120 mm-hmm. million. Todd Bullies like, yeah, I'm splashing the cash. How is the pressure going to get to him? You're in a new country. Okay. The pressure of signing. It, there's a hundred external factors that I'm just worried about. And I want the best for Fernandez in the development of the game and for Chelsea itself. But I've got one
0: for you. Tell I've me. i got one for you. Tell me, okay? tell me. So do you remember when we did our Chelsea rebuild? Yeah. A couple of months ago, maybe even a year ago. I don't remember ago, what it I was. It was some year- time ago. Yeah. And I said, if you're gonna pay a hundred million for somebody, it's smarter to invest it into a midfielder than it is a winger. Yeah. Because with like let's say and at the time I was saying sure. Jack Relish hundred mil versus Declan Rice for a hundred mil. I think Declan Rice is a safer 100 mil because you know what you're going to get with what Declan Rice is going to do. And hitting the ground running is not necessarily the same as it is for a winger. For a winger, their output for 100 mil has to be ridiculous numbers constantly. For a midfielder, it's can you do what we need you to do? What we brought you here to do? Can you win us games? Yeah. Right? Like in midfield, can you make sure that we're not losing midfield battles? And I think that that largely is like m- more justified now yeah. the thing is there is obviously exceptions to the rule because you bring in somebody like paul pogba who's a very flashy
1: yeah
0: like that that was the first hundred mil hundred it was the expectation was that he was going to get 40 goal involvements from midfield <laughs> literally which is preposterous. but for declan rice it wouldn't be yeah. i think for Enzo fernandez it wouldn't be too which brings me to this joe i will ask you this look at because it looks like n'golo Conte's come to the end of his chelsea career
1: I mean, I thought so, but apparently it not. looks like yeah, it, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like because he's he's always injured. Now he's it's you know like the thing is all a player the of that style can't play for 15 years. No he's going to no have way, like no 10 at the top, but it's just like the, eventually the miles will get you faster yeah, than it he's would he's for tired, somebody different. Bad. For sure, right? It, would you have paid 100 million for what you for what you got out of Vengolo Conte?
1: 100. You're right.
0: You would have. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the thing that I'm looking at with Enzo Fernandez. Sometimes it's worth it after the fact, and I think that Enzo Fernandez can contribute he's not gonna run in the same way that N'Golo Kante did, but it's it's he's not that player. It's more even at Benfica, he plays next to Florentino Luis, hmm. who is just the octopus. The dude's you know, just freaking running, blocking, intercepting, everything. Yeah. And Enzo's also running, but Enzo gets to be the energetic playmaker. Yeah. I think my ideal pivot for Chelsea here too would be Enzo Fernandez with Kovacic. Yeah. Because that Kovacic is that. He's very energetic. He's very, very good and talented. But then Enzo can can take charge of that pass a little more, right? I think that... You will not regret spending huge money on a player like this Mm -hmm. because what he offers when you understand what he's offering is what you're going to see him do. Not necessarily have just these ridiculous numbers and output because that's not who Enzo Fernandez is. That's not why you buy him.
1: I'm not here for that. And and in the World Cup, we saw that he was he had some output. Yes, but he he commanded the midfield. And that's what Mm -hmm. we need. Listen, Nathan, I was watching
0: games, bro. He's so damn smart.
1: We need. Listen. I watched the Nottingham Forest game yesterday, 1-1, which to me, that's a loss.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Weak, You're winning too.
1: Weak players. i run through weak, in the second half. Bro. Weak, Weak, players. I need a, Like, mm-hmm. we need players, commanding players, even at a younger age, to just hold this team together. Because we got some weak mentality players uh, getting bullied off the ball. What is but this, Jorginho
0: was terrible for that. Georg- like Jorginho. H- it, that's the thing. Like it, I and I said this in but the Jorginho is my of least game, favorite though. player to watch. No, no, but that's what I mean. Like yeah. Jorginho, it if you it's so easy to run through Jorginho because he's smart and he has heart. He has two of those assets, but he doesn't move. Yeah, he has no energy. But he cannot run around the field. He cannot. And I, and it's just like and so then it's like playing with 10, right? It's like you're going to get run through when Nottingham Forest are doing what yeah. they're doing. Which, to be fair, we're not here to praise Nottingham Forest, bro. But they said, what the hell do we have to lose, bro? Yeah. Go take it to these players Literally. and bully them, bro. Like what they have two 40-year-olds on the pitch. Destiny. Cucurella is the most, like, he's he's hot and cold. Yeah. And Jorginho's there freaking he, he's He can be run through. I think that if Chelsea have those game breakers. But the thing is, I want to move away from Chelsea because yeah. it's not the only team that I see. I think a lot of player teams could use this, and actually, my top shout for who should get Enzo Fernandez in the January transfer window, oh, Joe. You know who it is? Who? It's Newcastle.
1: Whoa, relax, bro. Really? No, Are they no, even linked? Are they linked to them? I don't know.
0: I, I not that I've seen, but this this is the move for them. Because the thing is that Newcastle have approached this rebuild. They're doing way better with the caliber of players than they ought to be. They're outperforming right now, and I don't think it's consistent. I don't think they will finish obviously, in the top four, like as high as they're doing right now. I think they will come down naturally as it gets to 38 weeks. Unless they don't want to. Huh. Let's say Newcastle don't want to say, okay, next season we're yeah. going to challenge for top four. Let's let let's say they go, they're looking around, they're looking left, they're looking right, they're going, we're here yeah. now. Yeah yeah like we're like why shouldn't we take advantage Chelsea are rebuilding right now United are, are hot and cold Liverpool started with a disastrous front end to their campaign right like Spurs are Spursing yeah. Arsenal are great but that means Arsenal are going to lock up one of these spots so will City
1: yeah
0: buddy we might be able to make it right now yeah and I think if they wanted to do that they would have to go get Enzo Fernandez. because Joe could you f- freaking imagine if you had Newcastle's midfield had Bruno Guimaraes and Enzo Fernandez, uh, forget it. They're yeah. winning the Prem, bro. Yeah. Like they could actually <laughs> win the prep. Yeah. It seems silly. Right. Bruno Guimaraes does not lose games. Bruno Guimaraes is, I think, largely responsible for why. And it's Eddie Howe. It's Eddie Howe. It's, it's Joe Linton. Yeah. It's 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 um even you know, Al-Maron, even Al-Maron has stepped what up the, into it's Sven Botman. On, they haven't bro. lost. What's going on? They haven't lost when Sven Botman's been in the team. By the way, yeah. There's many many reasons for why Newcastle are elevating their game. Not to discredit any of that. Bruno Guimaraes was the 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 cornerstone of that. It was last January. It was one year ago they started that. So don't tell me they can't go make massive moves in January. They did. Guimaraes came in in January. Guimaraes is a game changer. Guimaraes is the heart of the team and the reason why they can do that. I Joe, I physically cannot imagine a team that had Bruno Guimaraes and Enzo Fernandez in the same thing. Because Guimaraes is relentless. He's so freaking smart. And he never stops moving. But he's brilliant. He's not like poor technical quality wise either. He's he's more defense oriented than attack oriented. fine. But actually, I want to pitch to you one more wait. I want to talk to Enzo Fernandez, and they got one more name for you because I actually think they should do it. They should sign two players. I think if Newcastle went out and got these two players in January, Time like to forget it. <laughs> forget it, bro. It would just be preposterous. Enzo Fernandez is one of them for all the reasons we outlined why he would succeed at Chelsea. I think he would do tenfold at Newcastle. Yeah. He not only does, because in the in especially in the Eddie Howe system, like this team is on the rise. Chelsea, for what they are right now, it's very volatile. Yeah. Right. It's it's scrambly, you know. You talk about pressure on the kid. It makes sense because you go in and it's another name in the in the team now. How how well is he going to hit the ground running at Newcastle? You go okay. You're replacing Maddie Longstaff, brother. Like Enzo Fernandez knocks Maddie Longstaff out of this team. He will play. play. (laughs) Okay, imagine this, Joe. Right? Imagine this. On the note of Enzo Fernandez, that's 120 million. They want to go do that. Yeah. What if Newcastle went out and signed Sergey Melnikovich Savage as well?
1: Oh, bro, shut up, bro. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: How crazy? How much? Crazy. Yeah. For for 100 mil as well. Yeah. They just dropped 220 in this window. Chelsea did. It. Chelsea spent 500 million this this year. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like legitimately. Yeah. I and then and then that was it for Newcastle's business in thing. But they immediately changed up their midfield. Doesn't look like they're having trouble scoring right now. Defending's no, looking no. pretty good. Bruno Gimardes is working like every. Core of his body to make sure this team can succeed. And now you're going to drop next to him an energetic, intelligent playmaker who doesn't lose games and one of the most creative big men in the sport. We're not talking about like a little tricky player no. here. We're talking about a prime Sergey Milenkovich Savage who's a goal scoring threat and creates chances.
1: I want to go play career cool. mode. Cool. I
0: want to play football manager with <laughs> that three. Manager, that three's yeah. winning. I'm telling you right now, buddy. That three, I, th- I think there's the legitimate case for that that might be the best midfield in the Premier League. If that midfield came together, Yeah, I'd have to seriously consider, I mean, not with Bernardo, like at City, but like City without Bernardo.
1: Even I, City, I think like, they're better than Jacques and Partey and they're top. <laughs> miles, but yeah. they're
0: miles better than everybody. They're yeah. way better than Liverpool's potential midfield yeah. or Arsenal's or or anybody else. Yeah, in the league. The definitely better than Chelsea's. Is, would that be better than Man City's? right now i don't think so with bernardo there but with bernardo not there or with just like one of those three um bernardo rodri or de bruyne if one of those players wasn't there it's bet that would be better than whoever replaces either of those players at city and that's that's stupid buddy like to think that they're that close now that we could do a whole newcastle rebuild if we wanted to right but all of these players could play in this three and it would have so much energy and Sergey malikovic is not the most two-way player in the world he's big So it's often misrepresented, his defensive abilities, Mm -hmm. but it's more just that he has energy and he's a big man. So he can kind of, he can defend, quote unquote, because he can, he can mark set pieces, right? Like, but he likes to be forward. I want him to be forward. That's why I want this Gimaraish and Enzo Fernandez midfield, because I'm like, oh man, that would be disgusting. Mm. That would be unfair. And I'm talking hypotheticals here, but that's what we're doing here. Mm. Those are, nothing is untrue with Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle can make things happen like that. They can do whatever. Because, they're they're kind of in that spot right now where they can just decide: Do we want to spend the money on these type of players? Newcastle seems to have a clear identity for their project, so I don't know if I don't think that that would happen. I think it would be ridiculous to think that even one of those signings, they're let alone both. Doing it both.
1: slowly, bro. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred. But if they do that,
0: I, I. I not wouldn't me. bet against them winning the Premier League. <laughs> I, I might actually start to put money up. Be like, hey, forget it. Newcastle are there, now. bro.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. That's like, a nah, good
0: nah, there. What do you think of the show, bro? Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, Obviously, I like it. I mean, it's very hypothetical, but I still do <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, forget the
0: SMS one for a second. You know? yeah. What if we just stick on, on the Enzo Fernandez of it all? all Enzo right. Fernandez, if he's going to make a massive move, there's not that many teams that could afford him right now. Right? Yeah. Right, so it's who's going to pay 120 million? Newcastle could, but because they have that investment. Exactly,
1: maybe there are. so sure as hell can't. Madrid
0: won't do it in January. It'll be Chelsea. Yeah, City won't do it unless they lose somebody substantial. Spurs, forget it. Arsenal, forget it. Liverpool, I don't think we'll spend... Well, I mean, maybe they were linked, to be fair. Liverpool, but even still, Liverpool, it uh, seems uncharacteristic for them to drop 120 mil. Like, million. It seems in unlikely January? for them no, to no, go it, do it.
1: It's whoever got it, like, literally a buyout. And it was us in Newcastle. <laughs> like, literally got yeah, bought out. Exactly. That, that's it. That's like... Uh, they're right now on the career mode status where they're like, let's just buy. And uh, that's yeah, where it's Yeah, but they're at. doing
0: it very intelligently, bro. I know, bro. And their manager's very good. To get what he's got out of the squad that they currently have have intimidates me to think what they could do with with more players of the actual caliber that they want to be at that's what's scary bro
1: i mean i would say about potter but i'm starting to see how these players are getting exposed listen Enzo fernandez would slot in immediately into chelsea of course there's no question Mm -hmm. asked right he's 120 million player but on top of that he's just way more he's just way better than the midfield right now that we have at chelsea especially with all the injuries that we have but Enzo Fernandez would be another piece to a bigger puzzle, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. So that's why I'm like a bit wary about the money and stuff. I know we have money. I get that. But, you know, if one of those hundred millions like failed, it's a problem. And we had it with Lukaku. He did fail. Lukaku is a failure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like he failed and and it put us down a hundred mil. That's crazy. That's a lot of money, man. A hundred million. So... That could also, I know how the American owners are. That could, they motivate them, bro. You know, like yeah. you're like, yeah, shit, yeah. I and I mean. put so much money in and he, like, I'm not going to spend anymore. You know, maybe Stan Kroenke had that. That's why he didn't spend for such a long right. time. Right. And I'm worried about that. Okay. Because this isn't American sports. You can't just trade them away or something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, take the yeah. salary. To get, contracts
0: off the bo- to get contracts off the books is a big deal.
1: It's a big, big and, deal. hundred you know. million. No one's going to spend that for Lukaku nowadays, let alone 30 million.
0: No, forget it. You yeah, know, like 30. So, I think you'd probably take a risk on him for 30 if Inter wanted to buy him back, but like yeah. that's still a 70 million euro Th- that, loss. He lost. That's that's crazy, pre- pre- preposterous, bro. That's crazy. Just like throwing 70 million. Think of what 70 million is. Yeah. Just throw it in the garbage, bro.
1: It's that's done. what I mean. So it is kind of scary, deal. and I'm kind of worried about that, but uh I'm all for it, bro. I love Fernandez. I love what he did. Um, you've been calling his name pre-World Cup. You know, pre long time, cup, bro, and we have receipts on the show. So, if he leaves, it really fucks up my Benfica shout, though. I know it does. I've it fully does. Said I, I was literally Benfica thinking of to, your uh, your yeah. Benfica shout the whole time.
0: My prediction for those who don't know: in August, I said Benfica will make a, an Ajax esque run into the Champions League. I was yeah. like, they will legitimately yeah. make the semifinals, and then they topped a group with PSG and UV and everything. I'm like, dude, I, I'm telling you, like, I. It seems like like I'm just talking out of my ass here, but I, no. I knew that this was going to happen. This was not a bad prediction gone right. This was a meticulously thought out reason why they would succeed. Enzo Fernandez is a large, large part of why that was true. So if he lives in January, that really derails my prediction here. <laughs> but I probably should have factored in the World Cup of it all, which I didn't. I took, I took it as just a face value. This is what the season will be. Because uh, let's be real, if the World Cup doesn't happen, he stays the whole season, mm-hmm. right? Like, the World Cup put him on the map here. If the World Cup happened in the summer, he would have moved uh, in, in the In summertime. the summer,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: That's where we're at. That's anyway, I want to move on from Enzo Fernandez because uh, I still have got a lot of names here to get through for us, just with our World Cup stars. Another one is Joao Felix. Joao, huh? Joao Felix, a 23-year-old <laughs> from Atlético Madrid. Have you ever heard of him? Oh. that uh, is his jersey over here, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, Another Benfica product. Yeah. He's actually... Listen, Joao Felix has been, I think it's safe to say, underwhelming for a long time, a little bit lackluster. Like he you know was purchased as the Golden Boy for 126 million, and the expectation was that he would tear up the next team he played at. But stylistically, from the moment he arrived, I'm like, why? Why at the Madrid, I, bro? They're they're defensive. That's not gonna work for him. 100 percent bro. And, and I, I think he was probably them. promised. I think he was probably promised we are going to adapt our style of play to your game. And we want you to be the focal point of our attack because we see you elevating your game in this capacity where you have a defensive unit behind you, but you are bringing people into the team. And what happened was they just asked him to play second striker here and there. They asked him to play left mid at times where it looked like he was playing left back because because Athletic Madrid don't want the ball. Yeah. Portugal. I was so critical of going into the tournament, but they actually surprised me a little bit at this World Cup because Fernando Santos, who is now no longer with the national team. Thank
1: God. Thank God. Yeah, go on. Hey,
0: our biggest win since 2016. (laughs) Losing Fernando Santos. Literally. He decided we were going to play a more expansive style of play. Now, that's everything I've been clamoring for for a long time. The problem is that we've had no experience or exposure to doing that. You know what I mean? So the the players, even Joao Felix, I think had a pretty decent World Cup all things considered. Didn't look unstoppable at times. No, Didn't look miraculous at times. I think he, was, he still had a pretty good World Cup. I think we got to see him w- with more possession than we're used to seeing him play with at Atletico Madrid, which dialed back the years a little bit. But it also showed me how raw Joao Felix still is. Mm. That he still needs a lot of improvement in his decision making and his one-on-one take-ons and stuff. Because he's phenomenal at that, but you just need to run the games in you to get that like that confidence in you to uh, start beating those players. Because I think that at the yeah. top of John Felix's potential, mm-hmm. the top of his potential is what prime Eden Hazard was, where he can take over games by bringing people in without necessarily having the most prolific of seasons. Yeah. All right. Yep. Now, that is very, very high level. And I don't think he's anywhere near there right now, but I don't think he's that far away. I just think that if you, one of two things needs to happen. Atletico Madrid needs to completely change what they do. And we've been talking about this since our first Atletico Madrid rebuild two years ago, put him at the 10 with an attack style manager and let him do let him be João Félix. I think in that moment he takes over. Alternatively, play him at the false nine in a team that plays with false with with a false nine striker but relishes possession because in transition he will light teams up and in possession linking up play and bringing people into it, he will light them up. I think that he does that, but I think the fact that he moved for 126 million once deters a lot of people from even making bids because you can't bid 60 million on a player who once went for 120 which means is Joao Felix going to recover 90 plus million for Atletico Madrid? I think that's the benchmark transfer fee. And I don't know if anybody wants to pay that. Now, I've addressed a few teams that I think could do tremendously with his skill set. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone wants to take the risk on four goals and three assists in in six starts. Six starts is pretty decent, but 13 games played. Like his his La Liga return has been okay this season, but it hasn't been in the way that you think. It's been a little bit more stat, Paddy. It's been a little bit more where... He's not starting. And Simeone goes, all right, Joao, show me what you got. And he just goes out there and plays. Like, give, give him that ability to play. Un- and you unlock a different level of player who will grow into the player that we once thought his potential could reach him at. Yeah. But we still have to see a lot of those. So I have names for you. I have teams for you. That's but here. I want to hear your thoughts on, on him as a player. And, you know, his, his potential price tag being off-putting.
1: I always thought his move to Atletico Madrid was kind of career suicide at that point. Mm. I know, luckily, he was early on, very young. But the st- stylistically, it was a terrible move, you know.
0: Yeah, for, and he got injured a lot, to be fair. He didn't a play a lot.
1: I understand. But still, that doesn't take away from the defensive tactics. Because we were playing yeah, Atletico sorry. when Gio Felix was there. And Liverpool did, and everyone did. And Gio Felix was alone, up front. Literally mm-hmm. alone, standing there, and they chuck the ball to him and see what he could do. Of course, that's not yeah. the style of play he has. He's not like Luis Suarez or whoever they had at some oh. points. Or the AP and he's Postles. not like
0: Aubameyang or just like ridiculous pace yeah, where you can just yeah, yeah. play him off the shoulder. Like, it's creative. not who he is.
1: He's a more creative player as well, you know. So, yeah. um, he's been wanting to move. Uh, this is his. This he needs to perform wherever yeah. he goes next, and he. And you know what? Unfortunately, before he had decisions on where he could go and he chose the worst possible decision. This time he doesn't really, mm-hmm. you know, whoever comes in, he's gonna have to commit. Uh he can't it, Joe Felix can't afford that like, you know, diva status at this point in his career. Oh. He needs to perform. Go there, perform, do whatever you want, and then go to the next level if there's another, unless you're at a destination spot. You asked you yeah. asked Nathan the question of who would possibly pay ninety million. Bro, you're nine, Chelsea. Like, literally, they're also in talk But there's
0: no strategy there for him. I saw that rumor. None. But, bro, it's just going to be the Kai none. Havertz approach.
1: Uh, he is literally Kai Havertz. When I looked at that, I said, why would I get another Kai Havertz? I'm yeah. already pissed with Kai Havertz as is. So why would yeah. I get pissed with another guy who plays exactly the like Kai Havertz? Don't get me wrong. Kai Havertz needs progress and stuff like that. Okay, fine. But I don't need Joe Felix for $90 million as another center forward. Anyway, oh. thank God that rumor died completely because recently they said that Kai Havertz is going to start. But I'm I'm interested to hear what teams you have, but also what teams would be able to like actually take him, you know? So I think there's those two. Teams, I yeah? think there
0: are two teams that make sense. Tell me. The first is United. Okay. Because I have a vision for how United want to play beyond this season and I think that Raphael Felix is a different style striker. So I have other players, and we're going to talk about United more throughout the episode. But if you look at, I think Rashford in particular and his, you know, renaissance of form here, Amazing. coming back into it as a left as a left winger. Winger, bro. he's great at it. Amazing. And if you look at Anthony, and you look at what the top end of his form and his like potential is, and it's being you know, a wide forward, but right wing who can run at people, who can take people on, who can create. I see a very fluid, dynamic winger-based team. And I think teams with very dynamic, quick, and tricky wingers need a link-up play, uh, not false center nine, yeah. right? A, a center forward who's not necessarily going to be the goal threat, who's going to allow these players to be the goal threat while tying the team into it. it needs now, to the be other, a Bobby the caveat me, no. here, right? The yeah. caveat to this is that they need to have they need to not play with a 10. They need to play with eights. So United still have development to do here to move Bruno further down the pitch so that he can, you know, control games from, from midfield and then kind of, and Casemiro will allow them to do that because Casemiro knows how to play the diamond of the nice. midfield, uh, right? Like he's perfect amazing, at that, right? Yeah. So let's say United were to go out and get, even Enzo Fernandez, just by example, right? Just in a, in a different universe where they have that and then they have Bruno and those are your two eights. And now you're playing four three three. And you don't want to have a direct striker because then there's disconnect between your strikers, between your forward line and your midfielders. And you're asking your midfielders to basically close that gap. I think that that is one way of doing it for sure. It's just not the best way of doing it. The best course of action, in my opinion, is having a player who can, you know, funnel through those channels, draw people in and create space for those very dynamic and fast wingers because they will create for themselves. Rashford will come in and draw Felix will naturally go left in that scenario right he'll be like oh perfect I got to fill this space and then he'll put it back across John Felix will do the same thing on the other end if Anthony comes in it'll be Felix on the overlap Felix is so fluid and so intelligent and so good with the ball at his feet that I think he can make a lot of things happen playing at a false nine in particular unless he's played at the 10 off of a very prolific striker and he can you know basically he can do like Odegaard's job by example right where he's like okay I can I can funnel into the striker i can bring wingers into play i can have a double pivot behind me whatever that's a different scenario so it'll be one of these two systems that gets felix heavily involved and get the best version of him for me that makes sense for united i think that that would make sense i think they could afford it and i think they will look at what his potential is and go he's 23 which means this will probably devalue his price tag a little bit but we could pay you 80 million and it's a big risk it's a big ask to do that but I think they're building towards a system that would complement his style. And at the end of the day, if he does that for them, I think they won't regret paying that price tag. Good. Right. Yeah. Alternatively, it would be Liverpool. Now, Liverpool are more unlikely to pay a price tag this high. Plus, Especially they now. have a number of center forwards, yeah. right? They have Shota when he gets back to fitness. They have Gakpo. They have uh, Luis Diaz. They have, um, a buddy there, uh, Darwin Nunez, of course, the former Benfica guy, right? Who, but Darwin Nunez is more direct. I, I would like to see Darwin Nunez be more direct. If he's playing off the left, he's playing through the middle, whatever. He he still needs to develop large parts of his game in terms of being clinical and finishing. And we know he can finish because we saw it at yeah. Benfica. But we also saw Joao Felix do that for Benfica. And then it's like, dude, you got to take the level. You got to take 100%, the next percent 100%. I think, I think Joao Felix, ultimately, you said it, being the Bobby Firmino role yes. is is kind of perfect for him. And if Liverpool went back to playing that specific system and style Joao Felix would excel there. but I don't know if that's where Liverpool are moving, which leads me ideally with the number one scenario for him, which would just be how could he how could we get the most out of United or, or out of Felix at United but it's what we talk about often on this show. It's not just go by Joao Felix. it's how can we build a system that gets the most out of these players? Right, you can't just be like, okay, we got Felix now. What now? We're gonna win the league. No, yeah. like you have to build the system for him. Does I think f- 10 hog would make a really good use out of him, yeah. Right, does he fit the profile of the system we're trying to play? Yeah. And if so, I've identified a system that they could play wherein he would succeed. I think that that makes a lot of sense
1: 100%. 100%. Um, it, it's it's difficult to say because you know, mm-hmm. not only is what Felix. Uh, he, he's in a very tricky situation and like he doesn't have a lot of options and whoever comes in but the person who picks him up needs to build a team around him if that makes yeah. sense you know because he's 100%. not you know I, he has
0: Athletico that. should have done that was, they still should they, they, they would if Simeone wasn't there to be honest they 100%. would They would say okay Felix is I'm going to throw him the keys how do we build around drop Felix
1: mm-hmm. Simeone you know he won the league not too long ago fine great mm-hmm. but this is it man uh, you're playing Freaking terrorist football with the way he's playing right now, and it's not good and it's hindering. Jean Felix is 24 now, right, Nathan? 23. 23. Yesterday was 19. You know, he wasted that's a lot of years, bro. You know, like just. I, I don't know what he developed in his game in that four years, to be honest, other than maybe being a little bit more defensive. I think he didn't get enough opportunities up front. Yes, he was injured and stuff, but even when he was playing, he didn't have that guy to string him a pass. Bro, you're playing with DePaul and I don't know, Witzel, who are already CDMs trying to, you know, make yeah. C- CM. But it's it's difficult. Um, I wish the best for João Felix, of course. Um, but I just think these are important decisions, and he has to have. I, I feel for the guy. I do feel for the guy because Atlético is not getting rid of Diego Simeone. There, uh, if anything, I wonder, Joe, bro,
0: that's I, an episode for us probably in the spring. In a different time. He's got he's got a year and a half left on his deal. He's got the rest of the season and then one more season, and he makes forty million a year. So he is intrinsically tied into the DNA of Atletico Madrid. Yes, but how much? are Atletico okay with winning La Liga every now and then? I mean, great, great for them. They won the Europa League. Like, they win things, to be fair credit to them. They do win things, yeah. It's just, I don't... In this new era of Football. football, I don't know if people are comfortable with just three points yeah you know what I mean like even even Juve kind of you know shot themselves in the foot when they got rid of Allegri because they were like it's too boring like it's boring football like we're winning but I hate watching it so let's get somebody else and they went pure low and then they just like it just it didn't work out for yeah. them and then they brought Allegri back and it's just the worst of both worlds now because yeah. they have the boring football and they're not winning and they can't even afford to sack them right yeah so it's like you have to be careful if you're Atletico Madrid you have to look at that and I think a lot of teams have problems with this where they're very reactive and they don't necessarily like few clubs do excellent business some do and some do because they have infinite amounts of money so they just can funnel in just fund more fund more and then eventually it'll turn out but that's not what I'm talking about I mean making the most with what you have very few clubs are able to do that at the highest level yeah and I think the ones who can are some of the most legendary clubs in the world right like you would think Manchester United Yeah, you know, juggernaut of the of the football world, probably the top three most popular clubs on planet Earth, regardless of success, current people still will support that team. And it's like, how do you have no transfer strategy here? Like, yeah. how can we make a transfer strategy more effective? And we're not saying go spend hundreds and billions of dollars. No, no, no. It's not even that. It's like, bro, identify a manager who can implement his tactics, give him the time to do that, and back him with the personnel over time to implement those tactics. It's, it's a not process, man. Tomorrow. Come on, it's you can't process. just do it
1: today. Listen, when Wenger started and when Sir Alex Ferguson started, people hated them. Did you know that? People mm. hated them, bro. You know, the fans hated. People hate Potter now, Okay. Uh, yeah. it, it's all a process. It needs to take time. Oh my God! They were gonna crucify Arteta when he first joined. Look yeah. at him now. Arteta's like
0: if he didn't win modern. that FA Cup in the first year, he was sacked. I think he would have been sacked. He would have been sacked, a
1: Fucking contract. That's what they did. Right? Honestly, and, we and look at what's turning out, bro. It's like, fantastic. That's a
0: success could, story. Honestly,
1: yeah. if they win the league this year. You know, we, oh, I know. I don't want that. I don't even think.
0: I don't even think that's the. the, I don't even think that's the thing, though. I don't even think it's if they win the league this year. I think it's last season when Newcastle got their takeover. We were saying on this very show, does that finish Arsenal? Arsenal now never going to make top four again because now there's just too many contenders for those spots. Now I'm sat here after half the season going, might be league contenders. You it know. might be. I don't I, know yet. I still don't think that they are. It seems silly. But just for Arteta to change that narrative to now Arsenal being a young continental team who are kicking ass every single week. Uh-huh. Even if they don't win the league, buddy. If they finish second, second. third, I don't yeah. think people will roast them. I don't think it will be like, oh, you bottled it. No,
1: no. We and didn't think too well are like, haters.
0: The ones who will are haters because they weren't supposed to be there to begin with. Yeah. Like they will now be an established Champions League team. Yeah. That is phenomenal for them. That's no, a win for our team. That's title.
1: what I mean. So, like, it, you know, it, it, it's hard. It, it's difficult to say. And on the topic of Joe Felix, I wish him all the best. Mm. Um, but, you know, let, let's see how. I don't know if he's going to make a move in January, to be honest with you. Nancy. Yeah,
0: I wonder. And this but is that's actually that's a really good segue to my backup, actually. Yeah. So during the World Cup, another World Cup gem who I noticed has a remarkably similar skill set with a fraction of the eyes or attention is Mohamed Kudus who Kudus? currently plays yeah. at uh, at Ajax. Ajax uh,
1: from Senegal, right? Yeah, I know. From uh, Senegal? No, from Ghana. Or Ghana. Ghana, Ghana? yeah. You were talking from about Ghana. him in the group chat. You get a good call out. Talking
0: there. about him on the group chat. I actually, my first extremely viral video for the 90th minute was this. It's like a million views. It was talking about Ghana versus South Korea. And in that game, Mohamed Kudus demonstrated to the world the the high points of his game, which is what he does. And what I noticed, Joe, mm-hmm. is that he has... All of the same skill set as Jorah Felix.
1: Yeah, really, eh?
0: But he's faster. Like, he, he's more, he's more, like, if you, they were to sprint, I think he would win and, that foot race. He draws people in. He's ridiculously <laughs> shifty. He can make people left and right. He's left-footed, wow. which is interesting, because Jorah Felix is right-footed. So it's yeah, not shot. like, but in terms of player profile, I love that Kudus has started playing through the nine because this season, in particular at Ajax, they kind of said, because at one point he was a center mid, they were yeah. like, okay, he's a center mid, and oh, then they yeah, said, okay, what if we play him as like more of a false nine kind of role, mm-hmm. and now he's ext- he works very hard, wow. so he's very two way, because he, he came up as a center mid, Correct. but he's not necessarily like a beast defensively, he it's more it. just that he's he covers a lot of ground from the nine spot, which at times you get frustrated with, you go, well, he's not where I need him to be at the time, I think that there's something to be said about the potential of his game. In one season, he went from a center mid to a nine who can tear up World Cup, Champions League, and domestic league. Because of his nationality, if he were Brazilian, forget it. He would have already been at a different He's team. Gone, yeah. The Ghana of it all holds him back. And we've spoken at length of the show about how much your nation influences your transfer fee. I don't like that element of it, but it's something we have to deal with because it, it exists. That it's always going to happen. Terrible. It's always going to be the yeah. case. It doesn't matter. No, Nothing will change that, which I think... To some would deter. They'll go like, they look at it and they go like, as though the flag is an indication which, which of your potential no or sense, skill set. To be which honest. makes no sense. Because if you just look at statistically, just even forget the stats, even look Eye. at the eyeball test.
1: Eyeball test, yeah.
0: What does this guy do really well? And you see it. And then you back it up with the stats. You go, why shouldn't I take a risk on this? Why should Craig. I go pay 90 million for Joao Felix when I can pay
1: half of that, or maybe, maybe even less than half?
0: Maybe half that at the absolute most for Mohamed Kudus to go do the same thing, to light up the leagues in the same way, because Kudus isn't going to do worse. And this is attributed to largely potential and the fact that Felix is a golden boy. This is not Felix slander. Mm-hmm. It's Kudus' praise. It's to say that this dude runs the same channels. He's very good at linking up play. He can be in those overlapping positions. He can be part of a fluid front three. He can score goals. He's fast. He occupies... Tremendous space in the box Like he's a, he he knows where to go To get the ball And where to play it For another player to do it And it's not to say That he's perfect right now But he's 21 Or I think Kudus is 22 Instead So he's 22 years old Why can't he do that And if United need somebody Of that player profile And they don't want to spend The money on Javav Felix Fine Go spend it on Kudus Now
1: I know I know about African gems, bro. Trust me. I do know them. So don't yo. pay. Just pay. Don't talk. We
0: raid Africa here. TJW Africa.
1: TJW Africa, bro. I'm going to go do an episode in Nigeria. Screw everyone. Like, bro,
0: let's do it. I got the Nigeria jersey right here.
1: I know, bro. I know. So, like, uh, don't sleep on Africa, bro. This is the African yeah. come-up. So take all the players you can get because – in a couple of years from now, we're going to talk about African players like they're Brazilian. So we'll put a high price. I on, hope so, on, and I to hope be honest, so. yeah,
0: I would love too. to see that because yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? How many of them need to succeed at the highest level before yeah, you literally, go?
1: Literally, bro, like, uh, like they're good. you have to tear up the league all the freaking time for you to get like a 50 million price for just because of your flag. That's like, bro. Yeah. Loki, and Loki, the
0: thing Loki, is that you have to look at. Bro, honestly, it is a little yeah, bit racist, like, bro. You're like, 100% up, right. Like, because uh, often they're attributed it. with physical assets and is, and to be fair a lot of a lot of the African players who come up are monsters physically
1: yeah but okay that
0: is that's slander to the technical side of their game or yeah. their intelligence yeah who bro. just understands it like physically he's a beast yes but from a technical perspective he's phenomenal with the ball that's diff that has nothing to do with physicality
1: yeah bro like he's a great player and every team needs a technical player and I'm sure mm-hmm. all the African teams have a technical player they made it to the freaking World Cup. So, like, just, you know, give him a shout. That's all. You know, that's it.
0: I got three more for us, Joey. You you can make it.
1: Yeah, I think we can do it. We're
0: running heavy, but that's what we do, bro. We kick off 90-minute episodes. We're kicking it off. Screw 60-minute episodes. We're done with that. We're We're going full 90, man. That's what it is, man. The next one I want to talk about, speaking on, I mean, let's not. Let's continue with with the African gems. Sophia Namorbat.
1: Yeah, Bro. Amrabat is a rock, man. Shout out 26 years
0: old, playing at Fiorentina. Nobody knew before this season, no. right? Like, because he has a brother. And yeah. I think a lot of people recognize the name brother. from his brother. And exactly. So we were brother. like, oh, yeah. this is this is now a different guy. Yeah. 26 years old, which means physically he's in his prime right now. Okay? he The game control elements of his game, the physicality, the energy, the discipline, it was the heart of the Moroccan team. 100%. And Morocco was the heart of this World Cup, 100%. which means he was the heart of this World Cup. He That's lived. the epitome of a World Cup gem, Joe. I want you to talk about him. Like what, what just tell me about his game and like how you see this implemented across Europe. Because to be honest, I can say a lot of teams that would need something mm-hmm. like this. And it's not like he's playing at the biggest club right now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of players, like even Joel Felix, right? We can't talk about drops. Yeah. It would need to be lateral or higher. higher if you're yeah. athletic, But you gotta go, you gotta be playing at a champions league team. If he's Fiorentina, bro, he's playing at Fiorentina. He can go to everything's many, a top. many, many teams. Yeah, everything's Every, like enough, many, yeah. many, many teams could be could be step ups for him at this point in his game. What do you think? Tell I mean, me about Sophia. Listen, bro,
1: uh Amrabat was an absolute rock. Honestly, uh dictated not dictated play, more of kept composure in the midfield and yeah. defensively too when he used to drop in. I think he's a fantastic player. There are so many teams right now, today, that could use Amrabat. Okay. Yeah. And I think you might mention one of them soon. But um he he can slot in now. My issue is is if he comes to like let's say a top sixteen, would he directly start? Maybe not, okay. Mm. But would he do the job when he comes on? Without a doubt, without right. a doubt. Amrabat coming on the fiftieth minute to hold down any play, or just to keep your midfield like steady. Do the job without a doubt, and I, I know it. And it needs a bigger team. Now, would I recommend? Yeah. Like, would I say, oh, Real Madrid? Uh, I don't know, like some, some right. rat, crazy team like that? No, I think if he goes to uh, top six team uh, in whatever league he wants to go to, I think he can, for some of them, he may start, but for some of them, he may come off the bench initially. Mm-hmm. But Amrabat's 26, like you said, prime of his career, I think. He's doing fantastic right now. Um, he he's not necessarily a fast player but what you you're not taking the ball off Amrabat, he's going to body yeah. your life okay uh yeah. that's that's the biggest thing but i love amrabat i love the way he plays um i love players like that who just need who have that physical presence but also technically they're pretty good as well that's something chelsea even need at times i was just talking about how they're weak and everything like that but yeah. there's so many teams that could use him especially with the amount of injuries that are happening in january as well one team mm. to mention actually is liverpool to be honest uh liverpool a top name the that's top, a top team day, on my man. list. Yeah, here. that's mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool. Without a doubt, would need someone like Amrabat. He would take Harvey Elliott's place. He would start right now, today. If you tell me would Amrabat start at Liverpool, I'd say yeah, yeah, he would start because yeah. he, he Liverpool's
0: bring... a big pro- midfield's a big problem for Liverpool a this huge, season, and huge. I think he would add a lot of stability and discipline and structure, structure to what this team needs. And exactly. oftentimes, Liverpool have been that team that like the midfield needed to be structured so Uh that the wide players could do the damage Uh and i think that's largely still true maybe they want to build more through the middle and we see the jude bellingham links like jude bellingham won't be mentioned today (laughs) because he's not leaving in january (laughs) January, the race for him in the summer will be preposterous unless somebody can strike a pre-deal with them you know before the end of the season but don't (laughs) count on it and i think it's unlikely for liverpool but for for amrabat I think you're right. I think like uh, from a Liverpool perspective, this is a player who you can, who you need because this adds a lot of def- defensive stability in particular. Now, yeah. Amrabat has limitations to his game. I don't think he's a world-class player. No, I don't no, think I don't he think offers so. the same amount going forward as he does defensively. I think a lot of his best attributes are defensive. Fabinho defensive. is that? one of the best sixes in the world. So you go, well, why do I need that? You go, well, because Liverpool don't want to get run through. <laughs> like yeah, the yeah, positions yeah. that some of that their fullbacks occupy are so high at times that you need to make sure you have defensive stability, uh-huh. you know, on on the risk of the counter. Now, Amrabat, this is a very different system for him, right? Yes. It, it was the reason that Morocco were so good because they didn't want the ball. Yeah. yeah. It was just hurt in transition. Yeah. Well, Liverpool do some of their best work in transition actually. A yeah. lot of the times they do really great build-up play. But yeah. Liverpool at times will you know, lure people in and, and drop down a little bit more so that they can use some of their fast players, you know, the Luis Diaz of the world, the Mo of the world to just run into space, right? Trent has this ridiculous ball to just make Switch. the defenders run at their own net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you do that, and you have players running onto it. Well, that's phenomenal. So let's, so how do you prevent Liverpool from getting exposed in those scenarios? Get Amrabat, right? Like that, that's a really good, and you're right, maybe it doesn't start every single week, no. but a midfield three of Thiago, Fabinho and Amrabat right now
1: yeah,
0: that's probably Liverpool's best midfield three to be completely honest with you.
1: Currently, without a doubt, and I wouldn't disagree with you at all. To be honest with you, so you know, Liverpool having Harvey Elliott, who you know he's an okay player, but he's no Amrabat, not right now. No Amrabat, no, they very friend. different
0: styles of his game. Like Harvey and Elliott's a good, a really good teenager, teenager actually. He actually, yeah. a, he offers a lot going forward in his game, And exactly. not so much the other way. And but so, if you're Harvey Elliott, too. you know. It, exactly, yeah. you can't be playing, like, you don't only get run through in midfield until exactly. you say Liverpool in the first half of the season, we're getting dominated a lot.
1: Exactly, bro, you have Thiago there already, I amerbad needs to mm. pass to Thiago, Thiago creates, whatever, but the whole idea is, not only that, you know, the price tag, you're looking, we're talking about Liverpool, and Liverpool don't splurge as much right. as mm-hmm. you'd think a bigger team would, but... But I think you can today pick him up for 30, 40 million, to be honest, to be quite I frank. I think
0: 40 high. I really, think if you're paying 30 for him, I think that's like, I think that's huh. a great bit of business. I think everybody will be happy with 30.
1: 30 million, you know, a guy who can slot in and he'll last you for like. But it's
0: because he doesn't offer a lot going forward. That's but, why. But that's, right? like, that's just,
1: the sneaky thing. That's what exactly. it's OK. You, you don't want him to go forward. In mm-hmm. fact, like he, we, the World Cup, he didn't go forward. The best part of his game was defensively. The best part was when everyone was attacking, he was there holding the line in like a 4, yeah. one, four one or whatever they were playing at times. So it, it's, it's a perfect player, I think, for Liverpool at this current moment. Whatever happens to him next year happens. And if he needs to stay on the bench, but at least him understanding his role, at the current time and the current situation, Liverpool need to make that push, right? Um, yep. they they do have enough quality, and I still think the way they play football is still fantastic. Okay. They're they're still a very explosive team, but they just need a little bit more stability in midfield. And I think Aaron mm-hmm. Rat provides that for them.
0: I got two more, but mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to do it as a as a conjoined one. And oh, like the it. reason mm-hmm. is that it's Brightons midfield. Okay, okay. Alexis McAllister and Moises Caicedo had phenomenal World Cups. Now, McAllister obviously won, so he probably, I guess, had a better World Cup than Caicedo did. He did, he did. But (laughs) Moises Caicedo is a phenomenal player too. And I want to talk, we can talk about each of them respectively. The reason I think it's important to do this as a duo is I actually have them going to rival clubs respectively because I think ready I think that Alexis McAllister if he were to leave in January Arsenal seems like it's the strongest link that makes a lot of sense because Arsenal do not have a player like that Uh whereas I think Moises Caicedo, if he were to go somewhere, it would be Tottenham.
1: Tottenham, I knew it. Because
0: Tottenham need a player like that. They have, right? Like Alexis McAllister is a player, I think energy wise, it's probably like that's what I would describe his game as the most energetic, 100%. but he's very technical. Very, he's very, very technical as well. Now he doesn't have, and he actually drifts into the box very well, which is yeah. an underrated characteristic because he's got a sneaky amount of goals. And the free kicks this dude takes too, Whips. there's a lot of things to his game. That actually make him very, very good. Yeah. So the fact that he has energy and technical quality, we look at what Arsenal currently have in their double pivot of a midfield for their holding. Thomas Partey is pretty box to box, right? He's, I would say, he's, he's very well rounded. Yeah. Very injury prone though. Very. Right. Yeah. He's very well rounded. He's he's good defensively. He can. He's a cannon of a shot. He lets it off sometimes, right? Not the fastest. Not the best dribbler. Not the best passer. Just good for kind of holding the system. Um, uh, Granit Xhaka has had a resurgence this season Without in what he's kind of done, but even largely, we still know what his best attributes are. Right? He's like discipline has been a huge lapse of his game for a long time. Without it seems like he's he's found his head a little bit now. At Thirty-three, right?
1: yeah, great, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, <laughs> he finally found that uh, to his game, yeah, but he's God. got
0: always he's had an excellent left foot his passing range has always been phenomenal he's got a defensively good shot on he holds his shape really well yeah, yeah. he's got a great shot on him. what Alexis McAllister adds to this team is running yeah right like uh, currently Arsenal do a lot of running in the flanks and with Odegaard they move a lot Odegaard is always moving oh yeah, it's, it's phenomenal energy from Yeah, him. yeah. Alexis McAllister runs more way 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 more and covers a lot more ground in terms of proactiveness in terms of making challenges in terms of worrying others on the press Alexis McAllister is way better at that than Xhaka or and actually not only or but and and Thomas Partier yeah so he offers elements to the game that I don't think they have and I think that because of the pedigree of him now being a World Cup winner I think that's not just the skill set, but the mentality. Now, the, you know what I mean. Like Arsenal want to bring winners in. Championship
1: mentality, bro. Yeah. He's right. He's like
0: he's going. He's gonna go back to play at Brighton. Yeah. After winning the World Cup, like he has pedigree now. Yeah. He yeah. knows what it takes to win things, and yes, largely Messi has had a lot to do with that. But don't tell me Alexis Mac has never won a trophy now. No,
1: no, definitely. He just not. won the
0: World Cup exactly. as a starter. In uh-huh. this team. Uh-huh. So he knows uh-huh. how to be influential. I think that that'll be really, really player important. Too. So. Exactly. So I don't know if you were to start right away, because I think Arsenal have a very good system, but I think he would be integrated into the starting lineup for Arsenal, if not this season, for the next one. But it'd be a great... We talked about Mudrik. We talked about Alexis McAllister. Uh-huh. These are signings that if Arsenal make, you're going... Buddy, I got to tell you, like, th- these are very legit. These yep. are now players coming off the bench, too. You're not bringing Neni El- off the bench anymore. Oh,
1: no, no. Wait, wait, th- wait. I'm telling you, they're going up a pedigree yeah. now. These are the signings that you make. Now that the fact that they've got uh, they've got a solid first 11, you know, they yep. do have a good team. Now you flesh out the bench. But with fleshing out the bench, you put players, some of the players who have the opportunity to just break through and mm-hmm. get to the first team, gives more competition to the first. It's, it's a good structure it basically. is basically McAllister yeah. going would kill me would hurt my heart but you yeah. know he, he needs he needs his move I'm sorry like you can't play Brighton forever it's you no, can't no be no a world
0: cup winner at Brighton it doesn't make sense it doesn't work it doesn't no, work sorry
1: I'm sorry Shout out Brighton but no, we took your squad <laughs> um what about <laughs> what Mr. Spursy ah, man you know what I well, for the you, same
0: reasons, actually. Like, I, I, tell- I have to I have to lay out the case for Moises Caicedo. I think Moises Caicedo has a little bit of N'Golo Kante in him.
1: I, I see that. Uh, but And like, I think,
0: well, hold on. Like The yeah. reason that that's important is because Spurs play with, currently, a 3-4-3 and a two-man midfield right now. Benton Kerr's fine. Basuma's fine. Hoybeer is fine. I think, I mean, Hoybeer is a pit bull, right? But the rest of them, Basuma, Basuma came from Brighton too, by the way. Yeah, right? I know. I know. Basuma and, and Benton Kerr. Benton likes possession a little bit more. He loves He's that. Like, He's more of a Walmart mm. Rodri in a lot of ways right like he's uh, in a, in, a, <laughs> yeah. in a midfield too i i just don't love him there i don't yeah. think he's been phenomenal whereas i think Caicedo would offer a lot of the energy to offer protection To the back line of Spurs, which is by far their biggest problem. Like they need a center back more than anything else in the the entire world. They should have got that shit, bro.
1: Technically, he needs like 100%. He's robust. He's only 21. He's
0: only 21. But But he has the the Angolo Conte elements of his game. I think that he has all the energy to improve his game. And you're right. Maybe he's not. I do think that he had a pretty decent World Cup, bro. I think he, that he had this a bit did, of a gem. Bro, but I think look, Spurs would, would I think it'd be a good signing for Spurs to go get him. But if you want to say you should stay at Brighton for a couple more seasons, I, I'm not opposed to that.
1: No, I can see that too. But it's more of Spurs, another team that they don't know what's going on. I don't like Conte's I don't think he's staying, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a very you. good point. So like uh, come in, Casey comes in okay, all good for now, but Conte's the type of guy to get a player now, he'll leave in two months. he doesn't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's but would you there. but would any squad be worse with Moisés Caicedo in it? No, no,
1: they wouldn't. But but do we want you know to see I mean like Moises I've seen Moisés Caicedo, Caicedo, Caicedo to play be well. the reason
0: that United got folded by Brighton on multiple occasions. No. It's because Caicedo ran them through off the park. 100%. I think that if Caicedo he was doing that through first, the park, bro. He, like, but that's he, what I mean. Yeah. Even just think of think of what and think of what Antonio Conte needs for his team. He wants players that would die running. Yeah, I say to Will, die running. He yeah. will run players off the park and you know, will force teams <laughs> to make mistakes. And that I think so. that Spurs need that a little bit because I don't think they have that in many ways. I think they train really hard, but I think a lot of the team that they have is not Conte enough. It's no. just not like... And Hoybier is that. Hoybier will die trying, right? He's just... Even he has limitations to his game, but like the fullbacks, they're okay. Yeah. Son is excellent. Kane is excellent. But again, they're not... Running themselves to the ground, no, no, no. at least not in the way that other players could be, because they're just uh, not those players.
1: What's his name? Uh, Kulosevsky Kulosevsky. Moves
0: all the time. I love that element of his game. Yeah. Right. Like it, Christian Romero's okay. Yeah. But like a lot of the and 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 Hugo Lloris is just so bad, bro. Like just the absolute <laughs> worst keeper. And, yeah, I know like Alex I Bono him. levels of bad. Like yeah. TFC Alex are Bono probably the only team that had you're a worst up, keeper. Bro,
1: you're so rude.
0: Uh, like it's real, real bad, bro. I don't, <laughs> to, don't tell me about your World Cup, bro. Yeah. Uh, Yo, know, if, if Mike Vagna was playing for France, France would have won the World <laughs> Cup there, okay? It
1: was so Dude was trash.
0: But anyway, like, so I just feel like if if Conte, yes, he doesn't stay for very long at teams, but if he had these types of players in his squad, the moistest Caicedos of the world, where he can look to him and be like, Yes, like I need somebody who will die running for me because I need that energy in this team. Caicedo will do that. And Caicedo, that's that's exhausting for opposition. You're when right. you have to deal with a player who's running you th- to the ground you're like i don't have a second to pass the ball here right i think that 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 is a massive asset to antonio Conte in particular and then any manager after that will be like shit what a gem i what got a, a freaking gem, gem. <laughs> right like yeah. i got i got the energy i got energy fc in midfield yeah, you
1: got you got the battery <laughs> Yeah, energizer yeah oh man me. oh man fantastic no those are good shots nathan i think this this was crazy this was so good i love it
0: there's so many. And we could do, I have other names here on the hours, list. Let's see, we could on. do hours about this, honestly. Like, I, I feel like we should probably it'd be smarter to wrap it at this point. Maybe I'll maybe I'll end it on one thing. One thing, let's hear uh, it. And that's because we talked about Newcastle earlier. We talked about, I mean, my dream scenario is they go out and get Enzo Fernandez. Cause I think I just really want to see <laughs> like it would be like Shaq and Kobe, bro. Thing, bro. If Shaq they had <laughs> no for real, like if they had Guimaraish and Enzo Fernandez that would be Shaq and Kobe bro like that would just be <laughs> like you never seen before what's the like just proper dynamic duo? like <laughs> the one who Newcastle are most heavily linked with right now is James Madison
1: James Madison yeah I like okay, now that James job. Madison That's often injured
0: often injured right and very little experience at the top level in fairness right so these are the these are the criticisms of james madison we have to get these out of the way mm-hmm. to talk about the good elements of his game because let's be real he didn't play at the world cup no he did not right he's a fan favorite but not often and to be fair brendan Rodgers' favorite too but not for england he, he can't get into the team no now, neither can fico tamori so it's not necessarily like that's southgate slander more so yeah. than anybody else yeah because it's like what are you doing like how do you not see how good some of these players are mind you with the way that england were playing i don't know that i would have played him either yeah you know what i mean like with yeah. Foden with Saka, i don't know if i would have played him either uh, you, so uh, if you're newcastle though and you want to look at pros here i don't know what james madison's ceiling is because leicester haven't really played in europe much like yeah. the conference league maybe he has some europa league experience i don't even know but definitely not Champions league experience. and and barely an international right barely yeah barely an international because he's not he's not capped very often He barely barely gets selected however in the premier league in 13 appearances this season, he's got seven goals and four assists. He's on pace to have his most prolific output season okay, so correct. far. And Newcastle have been linked with James Madison for some time. Now, in my head, the reason I brought up Sergey Milinkovic savage earlier is because I knew James Madison was also linked. And I'm saying if you're going to spend 80 on one, on milinkovic savage or James Madison, James Madison's 26, Malinkovic-Savage is 27, who would you rather buy, right? That's a different debate. But... What do you think of this madison show like with the criticism there's also the, the good parts of his game which is he's very energetic he loves the ball at his feet he's a set piece specialist he can be deployed off the right or through the middle yeah. right he constantly makes things happen and newcastle need a little bit of that creativity and that goal threat plus to have a set piece taker in your team like that is 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 always a massive asset mind you they have trippier for that right <laughs> now and, Yeah, yeah right so, what kind of, what do you think? What do you think of the Madison show?
1: Honestly, uh, it's a good shot. I don't think for that price tag, to be honest. It's not my
0: you. show. To be fair, like that's no, no, not no, my show. No, no. This I is a, this is a, a transfer. This rumor. is an actual. Yeah.
1: I don't think for the price tag, it's worth that much. Uh, Madison is mm. a fantastic player. I rate Madison. I think he has. What, sports do, you, in what his do you think his value game. is? His value? He's definitely fifty million. Maybe fifty, 50. forty. But as of right now, yeah, I, I don't think he. I what think, about the
0: English tax, bro? And the fact that he's going to another I team in that, the prem.
1: Uh, that that's all bullshit to me. But mm. it's it's just that, like, I don't think he provides that. Eight, he has the potential to provide the 80 million uh, price tag in the future. But as of right now, I think he can pick it up for 40, 50 million. Listen, Nuka, uh Leicester City is doing trash. They're doing horrible this season, you know? Um, Madison needs a quick escape, honestly. He's a great player, and he needs time. Madison was linked to Arsenal not too long ago, right? So just having links to Newcastle alone, that's really good, and that can up his game a little. More creative player, you know? um, He's he's, he's a really good technical player, actually. You know, um, I think... I think he could have Newcastle been ne- after
0: him in the summer, too. And remember, they the had like 70. Mil. It
1: wasn't like he could the next Mason. He's like a B-Tech Mason Mount. And I love Mason Mount. So you can take pick up a B-Tech. A B-Tech's good. You Mason know, Mount st- with tattoos. Mason Mount with tattoos. Yeah. And an FA Cup on his calf, <laughs> like a dumbass. But that's. uh.
0: Stop. Does he actually have that?
1: Yeah, bro. When they beat us, they were going crazy. Yeah. Is you know, the, the FA Cup. huh? What's that? He
0: does not have the FA Cup yeah, yeah, tattooed so on, his calf. on his
1: calf, bro. Go search it up.
0: Sure, stop. Mason Mount has a tattoo of the Champions League.
1: Champions League, that's good. This dude- <laughs> but this guy has uh, the FA Cup, yeah, tattooed on his calf. So he's yeah. a he's a loser right now mentally. But he can become <laughs> a good player if he goes to Newcastle. So I hate Leicester right. anyway. They beefed with us. So oh, my God. Who
0: would you rather sign if you're Newcastle? Would you rather sign milinkovic Savage or James? Yeah, Madison? Savage. Savage. Even though Savage doesn't have prime experience? Like, are you worried about the I don't the care about
1: that. No, no, no. Uh, Savage has played Europe more, hasn't he? he yeah. At least he capped for his team in the World Cup too. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, definitely Savage. Uh, well, I, uh, Savage I, is
0: uh, underrated. like the, the soul, he's like huge, He's, played bro, in the he's pre- pre- huge. Prem proven is not... Yeah, it's a, a bit pre- of a...
1: bullshit, okay? It's a little bit it's, BS. It's, yeah, it's, it's because BS. you
0: have players who are 5'6", like N'Golo Kante, who lit up the Premier League. Like, don't tell me that... He came from six non-league. 6'3", you know, like the passing that he does... I guess Syria is marginally slower, which is probably the criticism. Like he's playing in a league with a slower tempo. Right. So he'd have to get involved more. Like that's, it's fair criticism. It is. It is. But I, I, I'm not that worried about Sergei Milinkovic Savage. I think to say that he couldn't do at least somewhat similar numbers yeah. in the prem yeah. is a bit disrespectful. There to was him. I think one, that there was one season where uh, he was himself.
1: borderline calling, like they were going to call him world class, like borderline, you yeah. know, Milinkovic Savage. Madison hasn't been borderline good at this point so borderline
0: fit bro fit
1: fit, bro like uh, you know you hit hit the gym or something but um
0: dude's always injured i remember in the summer newcastle were after him and they said Brandon rogers was like oh 70 million would would buy him would buy one of his legs or something And i'm like okay okay yeah well i mean like he's not like dude he's a a decent camp can you he's a
1: decent camp (laughs) Come on, bro. I'm in space right now. If you guys can't see this, I'm in space yeah. with Brendan Rogers next to me because he's in out of this the fucking world. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, no, I love it.
0: There are other names we could talk about, but this is also not the last episode of the podcast. We have so many more. <laughs> yeah, I have. And by the way, not even the last transfer episode in January. Oh, no, this was just January. in particular. This is the beginning. These are the top transfers to look out for in the window. Now, this is not to say that more rumors won't spread and that we won't react to actual transfers that have happened. There's still. Tons of stuff to be said, tons of stuff to be done. But after, what's this, 90 minutes probably, I think it's time for us to wrap it. I love it. we got to call it an end to episode number, get this, Joe, ready? Yeah. 175
1: of the Jersey (laughs) Wall Podcast. Bro, the big 200 is going to be amazing.
0: Yo, we're and I I want it in the new year. Maybe we'll start like doubling down on episodes. We'll do them a little bit more frequently, even. Yes. I don't know. We have to we have to figure this out. You guys won't be part of that production meeting. That'll be a TJW conference. TJW call have conference see what's call. going <laughs> on. It'll be over wings or or Arabic food or something. We'll just have, you know. Team
1: call, team call, bro. Team call. Yeah, um we'll I just want to notify out. everyone. Uh Liverpool's losing one-nothing to Brentford right now. I could have been two, but um uh I know you're loving that, Nathan.
0: Oh, I love it, bro. I can't <laughs> wait to go tune in. Anyway, that's a wrap for this episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, AKA Master Chef Nate. And with me today, Joey Dynamite. That's a freaking deep cut right deep there.
1: Deep cut, bro. Come on.
0: Joe, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Of course, brother. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure.
0: Where can we find more from you, Joe?
1: Find me at joeking.underscore.underscore underscore on all platforms. And uh, say hi. Yeah. Or hate me. Boom. DM a hate message. Huh. I know I made it.
0: And you can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nate, including on TikTok, where you can find the TJW bites, which... And I used to say the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet. Yo, it might be now. Like, at that time, it was a bit of a <laughs> no, hyperbole. Literally but now. Not, like, bro, we're talking, like, week by week, like, millions, millions. of more views. I we know. hit... 5 million bro Remember when Mina said When we hit 1 million He's like I hope that hot take By the end of 2023 We've hit 10 million I was like Buddy We're halfway there Yeah, Like wow. I gotta do 5 million In Anyway 5 anyway, million yeah, big, big views things coming, Big thing's coming you Don't forget I mean, By the way Go to elmontnewsoccer.com 100% you Gotta click the sponsors TJW10 TJW10 at checkout out Save 10% On your entire order And guys You can have a Jersey Wall Collection that looks Just like This That's a wrap, guys.
1: We love you, guys.
0: Done. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time right here on the Dre Swamp Podcast, baby.